We are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. The world is shaking, but God stands firm in the middle of it all. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. Oh, I love it. I love the fact they've been away at Pastors Conference this week and clearly have had such an amazing time. We're getting the well and truly overflow, aren't we, of everything that they had. And I'm so thankful that we're getting... Oh, I'm just going to move that there. I was going to trip over it. I'm so thankful that we're doing this series, you know, in that media clip. We heard a recap of last week that we serve an unshakable God, that we serve a God who has an unshakable kingdom. And oh, we've already experienced so much of that unshakable kingdom this morning, haven't we? As as we've pressed in and we've been in the presence of God, I know there are people here whose lives are different already because of the healing power of God. And there are people here whose futures are going to be different as those jobs and all those things outwork. And there are people here whose lives are changed forever because this morning they've already said yes. Yes to Jesus and and I love it and something Pastor Julian already said is that we walk step by step with the Holy Spirit and so much of what I've got to say this morning really adds to what Pastor Julian's already said and also really adds to what Tayo said in this morning's offering so I'm so excited that I've got a word from God for us all this morning but before we even start that, I know there's a lot of you who don't know me. Pastor Julian might have known me since I was eight, but I know many of you don't. So I just want to give you a little bit of background. I grew up in church. My mum and dad, um, they met in church. They then went on and became youth pastors. They had my brother and then they had me. And so I grew up in church and it was a church that was quite similar to this church. It was very modern, pioneering for its day. People were passionate, still are passionate, still a great, great church, passionate about God. And the grown-ups really poured their lives into us eight-year-old kids. And, oh, I am one of those rare children. I am so thankful. I can hand on heart say I loved going to church as a child. I know there are some of you that have come through our doors going, oh, my parents dragged me. But I loved going to church. I loved going to kids' church. I had this really cool teacher who was absolutely ancient and um, he'd lost his... Fi- he was. He was really old. He'd fought in the war and he'd lost his finger in the war and he'd had so many amazing experiences with God and we could get him going off on tangents just telling us things about God and, oh, it was amazing. And we would... He'd get us singing these songs. And I'm sure for some of you that grew up in church, you will remember some of those songs. And they were always a great opportunity to hit your brother. They were just, because, you know, he was bigger than me. So you had to grab those opportunities that presented themselves to you. So there was this one song. And some of you will know it's called The Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock. And the actions go, the rain came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. But the house on the rock, this is where you got the hit in, stood strong. And you could, you could, you could really go there if you wanted to. But if he got there first, it was okay. Because there was a second verse. You see, this is the karate chop verse. Because the foolish man built his house upon the sand. <laughs> The foolish man, he built his house upon the sand. 
I was the little sister, okay? I had to take the opportunities that presented themselves. The foolish man built his house upon the sand and the rains came tumbling down. You already know the chorus. The rains came down and the floods came up and I'm not going to go all the way through it, but you're going to have that going around your head all afternoon. <laughs> but the house on the sand fell flat and at that point we would clap, we would stamp, we would shout because we loved the fact that house fell flat. And one thing that really struck me about that song, Tayo's already referred to it in his offering, is that whether you were wise, whether you were foolish, the storm still came. It was no reflection on you as an individual whether or not you face storms in life. What was different was what your life was built on because that showed how you were going to come through it. And I decided, as that eight-year-old girl, I wanted to be wise. And it's been something that has kind of been one of the themes that has run through my life. Oh, I have missed it a mile a thousand times, believe me. But that desire for wisdom, that desire to know God's word so that I could apply it to my life, has been one of the themes that has run through my life. And this morning, that's actually the songs based on a passage of scripture and this morning, we're going to base everything that we're saying on that bit. It's from Luke chapter 6. And if you're new to church, it's, cool. it's going to come up on the screens behind me so you can follow along. But, you know, if you've got your Bible, maybe you've got it on your phone, grab it out. Have a look at it in your own Bible. Luke chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 47. We're going to go through to verse 49. And this is Jesus speaking. He's been on the mountain all day long. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And he has preached his heart out. He has covered every topic under the sun. He's done love. He's done forgiveness. He's talked about adultery. He's talked about sowing and reaping. He's talked about judging, forgiving. You name it, he's gone there. And he wraps it all up with this little story. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I'll show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the, steam, the stream beat vehemently against that house and couldn't, could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. I don't know how you read the Bible. Sometimes when I read my Bible, I put myself into the story. I think, well, who would I be in that scripture? Who would I be? You know, I imagine when Jesus is healing the blind man, how would I have reacted? How would I have pressed him? What would I have said? When Jesus said, go do something, would I have done it? Or would I have been one of the ones who got it wrong and screwed up? And I often do this, and I have to say, eight-year-old me was a little bit foolish because... Although I really wanted wisdom, at eight, I didn't really understand the principles of foundations. Because in that song, I always felt bad for the man who built his house on the sand. Because quite honestly, like, where would you want your house? Do you want it on the sandy beach? Or do you want it on the rock? I mean, if your house is on the rock, what are you going to do for a garden? And like, if your house is on the beach, you don't have to go home at home time. You just can go have sleep, grab something to eat, and you're back on the beach the next morning. Like, why would you not want to do that? And I kind of got the understanding that digging holes in sand isn't great because I tried it. But 
I didn't quite understand why houses need foundations anyway, because like when you build a Lego house, you just get your Lego board and you build up. So if you're going to build a house on the sand, you can just build a board and then build up. Because this is in the days, this is Bible days, there's no JCB diggers. You can't kind of, you're going to have to dig in that rock by hand. This is going to be hard work. Why would you do that? You can have your beach house, have it all finished before they've even started. I mean, like, really? That was eight-year-old me, and I was foolish. A little bit older than eight now, and I understand the principles of having a strong foundation. I understand that our house that Gary and I live in is much better for the fact that it has foundations. I look at the Cathedral of Notre Dame, they're going to rebuild because that cathedral has such strong foundations. I've seen people whose lives have seemed to tumble and crash down and, and it's completely ruined. But I've seen other people in life who have had such a strong foundation that as they've walked through sickness, as they've walked through bereavement, as they've walked through bankruptcy, as they've walked through whatever life has thrown at them, they've come out stronger as a result of that foundation that they've put in their lives. And there's a little bit of eight-year-old me who still exists that actually... Just being really practical, I want the instant, I want the now, I want the quick fix, I want the donut, I want to veg on the sofa rather than going for a run, I want to buy the new shoes rather than put the money in the pension pot. But wisdom tells me that it is the disciplines and the habits that I put in my life day after day after day after day. They are the things that give me such a strong foundation in my life. Today's message is about having an unshakable foundation and it's those habits that we put in our lives that mean when the storm comes, we're unshakable. So though today's preach is called Unshakable Foundations, if I had a tagline for you, it would be Four Habits of a Wise Man. Are you ready for this? It's nothing exciting and new. It's nothing shiny and, and like that you've never heard before. But it's the Word of God. And just in the same way that digging into that rock, it's not as exciting as living by the sea. But it's the thing that is going to endure and it's going to last forever. So, habit number one, this is the first thing Jesus tells us about that person, is that he came to him. The Bible says, whoever comes to me. That's how Jesus opens the story. It's with a whoever. No, it doesn't matter today whether you're wise or whether you're foolish, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're wherever, whatever. It doesn't matter. Jesus starts this story with a whoever. And I know every single one of us in this room is a whoever. Whoever comes to me. And Pastor Julian said it so well earlier in this, story, in this service, that Christianity is all about having a relationship with God most high. I love the way that he phrased it in last week's sermon. He said, whoever said Christianity is about a, a list of things that we have to do. No, it's about a relationship with an unshakable God. It's being part of a kingdom that is unshakable. We have a relationship with him. And so the first habit, surely then, is to have a strong relationship. And strong relationships come through prayer. All prayer is, is talking to God. Gary and I, our marriage is only as strong as our communication. And our relationship with God is strengthened by our communication with him. So the first habit of a wise person is their prayer life. 
And I don't know where you're at today. I know for some of you, this is the first time you've ever been in church and you're thinking, what? There are others of us that have been in church for many, many years. And there's everybody in the spectrum in between. Julian said that, you know, a lot of what I'm preaching today is almost my life message. It is. I've spent the last sort of however many days it's been looking back over my life and looking back at how I've implemented these habits. And there have been times when I have found prayer so easy. And there's been times when I have found prayer so hard. I've wondered why I haven't known the formulas and the magic words that unlock it like everybody else seems to know. I've had prayers that I've said. I've had prayers that I've sung. Earlier on today, we sang one of the songs that says about, um, I can't remember the exact line, but it's about shining a light on the shadows. And when we first sang that song in this church, one of my friends had had a scan and there was a shadow. So whenever we sing that song, I am singing it and I am praying it over my friend that that shadow, that God's light will be shone on that shadow. And this is how I do my life. This is how I pray. There are times when I call them, I have like what I'd say intentional times of prayer. That was like how we did earlier. It's like, right, we are praying. Bam. And we pray. And then I have chit-chat prayers with God. And I probably have more chit-chat prayers than I do other prayers. These are chit-chat prayers when I nip to the loo, when I'm boiling the kettle, when I'm doing the washing up, when I'm driving in my car, when I'm hoovering's great because no one can hear you, until they tap you on the shoulder and like make you jump. But it's those chit-chat prayers. And some of those chit-chat prayers have been the best in my life. And I remember there was a time when um, I was six months pregnant with our middle child. And six months pregnant I needed the loo a lot so I went we were in church and I went to the ladies loo and I can show you the exact spot I was I wasn't even I wasn't even really really praying I, it was in chit chat prayer mode and I just said to God oh it's not fair he said I don't know when this baby's come I've got a due date <laughs> but what's the point of a due date like literally this baby's going to come when this baby comes it's not fair because you already know you already know when this boy's coming so we knew we knew he was a boy that's all that we knew like you know already and I don't it's not fair and then God spoke to me and when I say God spoke to me for some of you that's going to seem really weird but it was it wasn't an audible thing it wasn't something that I could hear outside but it was something so strong on the inside of me like a thought that pervades and cuts across all other thoughts like an impression on my gut that I just can't shake it silenced every other thought and every emotion that I had and it reverberated in me and still does to this day. That's why I say I heard from God because it's different from anything else that I've ever had. And he, God just said to me, he'll be born at his appointed time. <laughs> now see, this is another reason why I know that's God because you find that really funny. But for me, it just gave me a peace. And it gave me, we're talking about unshakable foundations. It then gave me an unshakable foundation for what was to come. I went on and I developed preeclampsia, but it didn't get diagnosed. And that latter stage of my pregnancy was quite interesting. Um, and our son was born at his appointed time. Had he been born a day earlier, he would have been classified premature. And also, I'd have had my two-and-a-half-year-old with me because I had no childcare that day whatsoever. I later found out when I was pregnant with our third child that had I have gone into labour the day after, actually, it would have been an emergency cesarean. And we're talking mother and baby fatality. That's where things were at. But he was born on his appointed time. 
right in the middle. And God, in his grace, not only just got him on the right day, within, there was like a half an hour ultimate perfect window. And he was born right in that moment. I have an unshakable foundation because of my prayer life that I know that my God hears my prayers. The only prayers he doesn't hear are the prayers I don't pray. You know, those prayers that I should pray, but Google might have the answer. (laughs) Those prayers that I should pray, oh, but let me phone my friend and have a whinge and a moan because it's so unfair. Those prayers that I should pray, they're the only ones God can't move on. But every other prayer, whether you think you're great at praying or think you're rubbish at praying, I just say, who cares? Are you any good at talking to your bestie? Just get, just do it. Just have a go. Just pray. It's one of the habits that will really give you an unshakable foundation. So, second habit. Jesus said that whoever comes to me, second habit, and hears my words. You know, we're all here this morning because we're hungry to hear God's word. And we've already had such a rich feast and the praise and worship and the ministry time and Tayo's offering. We've had that richness of the word of God. But can I just say, don't be Sunday only Christians. Really push in. Let the word of God, reading the word of God, be a habit that you develop in your life. And again, I know we're all in different places. Maybe, actually... This book's quite scary. Like, where do you begin with it? Like, really? It can be a bit intimidating. I know, I've been intimidated by it. But it can also be the best book in the universe for you. Somebody said to me, what did I hope people would get out of my preach? And my answer was, I hope you get a stronger passion for the Word of God because it has made such a difference in my life. And I, I want today to be really, really practical for you. I want today to be so accessible for you. If you have never read the Bible and you don't even know where to start, I've already briefed the Connect team and they've got some NIV Bibles. We we normally use the New King James, but the NIV is actually really simple to, to get along with. And they've got them and they're free and they will give one to you. Maybe a digital person. There's an app that you can download on your phone and they know it and they know how to download it on your phone and they will help you. I just say, do something, make a start, discover for yourself. Because in the way that prayer is us talking to God, the Bible is God's really brilliant way of talking back to us. As we open the word, it says his words like a lamp to our path, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It really clearly shows us the way we should go and you know, I, as I've been reflecting back, there are so many times when I've heard the word of God and I've put it into action in my life and it's made such a difference. We would be here till Christmas and you would not thank me if I started going on about what the word of God has done in my life, but it has provided me with an anchor. When the whole world seems to feel like it's shaking and you don't know what to do, it's the word of God that holds you fast. We were around the dinner table a while back and uh, I can't remember whether I was just about to do an offering or I had just done an offering. I can't remember. But we were all sat around the dining room table. One of my kids, bless them, said, "Uh, Mum, do you know all your offerings are exactly the same? 
Thanks, guys. Uh, they said, they are. They said, you always start with, there was this thing. It's normally a problem. It might be a story out of the Bible. It might be something that's happened in our life. It might be something you saw on the telly. But there's always this thing, this issue. And then you say, but God. And then they said, and your voice goes up and you declare out that he is the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think or imagine. He is the Lord who will supply all of our needs according to his riches. He is the God of the impossible. He is the God of the breakthrough. And they said, you just go off on one, mum, and then you will just declare out scripture after scripture after scripture. I said, that's how I live my life. That is exactly how I live my life. Gary and I will be going through life and we're like, whoa, we didn't expect that bill. But God is our provider. I've got it in my Bible. We're walking along. There's that doctor's report. Oh, but I know. God is my healer. We're walking along and there's this thing comes up in, in Gary's business. Right? Oh, but we know God's given us wisdom and understanding in order to know what to do in this situation. We're walking along and maybe one of the kids is slightly less than perfect. But we know. <laughs> but God... <laughs> And this is how we do our life. And the times in life where I have screwed up, messed up, and got it so badly wrong are the times where I thought I was smart and wise enough to do it on my own two feet. And I wasn't relying on that unshakable foundation that God has given us. So Jesus said, whoever comes to me and hears my voice and does my words... He contrasts it later with the foolish man because the foolish man heard but didn't do. So our third point is just do it. Just do it. Whatever it is that God's putting on your heart to do, be bold. Just do it. I know there's been times in my life where it can be a bit uncomfortable when God's telling me to do something. You know that like, uh, forgive. Okay. But we've got to just do it because it's as we just do it, that we're building our lives on that firm foundation. When we're being disobedient to the word of God, that's when our lives are on that sand. We're on that shifting sand. I say we haven't got a leg to stand on because we haven't got that firm foundation of obeying the word of God. Last week, Pastor Julian talked about how we're part of an unshakable kingdom and we serve an unshakable king. And he talked about having the fear of God, not in that way where we're scared of God. No, we run to God. We have a relationship with God, but we understand that he's king and he's to be obeyed. And Julian said last week, when he says jump, we say how high. We are obedient to our God. And it's, it's as we put his word into action. No, sometimes it's not as horrible as having to forgive someone when you really don't feel like it. Sometimes the Word of God, actually, let me be really honest with you, most of the time, the Word of God, actually, it's great things God's asking you to do. Go tell that person the good news of the gospel. Go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Go see that person that's bound and and needs their freedom. Go be that person that helps them see their freedom. Go sow that seed. Go tithe, go and give, go and pray, go and do. The Bible is so full of things that equip us for daily life. They give us the tools and the things that we need. It's only when we don't do them that we're really foolish and we're like that man building his hands on shakeable sand. So point three was just do it. And point number four. 
as Jesus goes through the story and he's, talk, he's describing that man that he's building his house on the rock and I've already alluded to the fact that they didn't have JCB diggers in those days. It would have been hard. But the wise man, he dug deep. And there are times in our life when we need to dig deep. And I know, being a Christian for as long as I've been a Christian, it's really easy to skip this step. It can be really easy to not dig deep because you kind of think, the reason why I've got my Bible with me is because actually I've had to stop reading my Bible on my phone. I found it wasn't doing me any good whatsoever because I'd get my phone and I'd go on the news, headlines, social media, scroll, 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 oh, Bible app, scroll, 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 next, scroll, 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 oh, uh, did I read my Bible today? I can't remember. What was in it? I can't remember. I have Thursdays off and Thursdays are my favourite day. I love it. I love having that day off in the week because it's going to sound really mean, but I wave everybody off goodbye. Gary goes to work, boys go to their school, Hannah goes to her school, they're all gone. And I come and uh, someone's brought me this mug that's my favourite mug and I put it on my coffee machine and make my coffee. I go upstairs to our bedroom and if it's a sunny day, at that time of day, the sun streams onto our bed and I sit on our bed with my cup of tea, I get my Bible, I get my notebook, I get my pen, sometimes I get the dictionary. Sometimes I get a different Bible where it's in a different translation. I go digging, and I love it. I'll spend a good hour just digging. I'll read, I'll read a passage, and then in my Bible, it will tell me that, oh, that's referring to that bit in another chapter. So, oh, what's over there? You know how when you're on Instagram and someone's tagged, you're like, oh, who's that that's been tagged? Oh, let me see their photos. Oh, how they photoed that oh where's that place and on instagram you can just kind of go off on these little rabbit warrens well i do that with my bible i'm off i'm so gone i'm like oh what does that word mean oh that's the same word that jesus used over here and how's this and i'll be writing away in my bible in my journal and i'm digging deep and i love it and it's those times that you know this this morning the honor of praying for some people but I could only pray for them because I had that wealth of the word of God in me. And as, and as I was kind of pressed on to pray, it, it, it just comes. It's like pulling tissues out of a tissue box. I think, every, I think I prayed for three people and every single one of them I had different Bible verses for. It was just coming out. It's not, it bypasses my brain because seriously my brain's no good in those situations whatsoever. But something on the inside of me just rose. It's that unshakable foundation of the word of God that I've taken the time to put into place. But, you know, I'm this end of the journey. And I know not everybody in the room has been around in church for as long as I have. So let me tell you how I got started. I got started when I was really young, just telling people what God had done in my life. There's a great story in the Bible where Jesus heals a blind man, and as he prays for him, he gets his sight back, and then they kind of get separated in the crowd, and, and all the religious people all get around the blind man, well, he's the seeing man now, and it's like, so, uh, so uh, can I just ask, was it this, was it that? Tell me about this, tell me about that. Where's and they're bombarding him with these questions. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any of the theology thing that you're asking me. What I know is I was blind and now I see. And that silenced it all. I was blind, now I see. I don't know what your story is, but I know that you can say, I was this and now I'm that. 
I was insecure, but now I'm confident. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was really anxious, but now I have a peace. I was so confused, but now I have a clear path. I was so full of fear, but now I'm full of faith. I was so hurt and I was so bitter, but now I'm so full of love. Whatever your situation is, whatever your story is, you've got something to tell. And actually, you're robbing us by not sharing it with us. So can I encourage you today, in your small groups, in that chit-chat time, turn around to them and go, oh, just tell you what God's done in my life. Maybe after service, come through to the Connect Lounge, find someone to go, do you know, in the service today, God really spoke this to me. Share it with somebody. Because from there, it's really easy to go to the next step. For me, I don't know what your next step is. For me, my next step was coming alongside Pastor Sharon. And at that time, I'd been about 16. And she was heading up all the two to fours kids' church. And so she would just come. I'd come alongside and she'd go, right, okay, Beck, today I want you to introduce the story. She'd still do the story, but I had to introduce it. Oh, well, I had to dig deep because I had to know that I knew the story in order to explain it to a two-year-old. It's amazing how much you learn as you know that you've got to explain it to somebody else. Maybe two-year-olds aren't the other thing. But maybe you could do something in your small group as you come alongside your small group leader. Don't do it if they haven't asked you. But come on. Say yes to those opportunities that present themselves to you. Maybe you need to be talking to Vanessa and Duran and going, I want to serve in kids' church. Let me be a helper. Let me learn. Let me learn how to, how to do this. Maybe you want to come aside. Tim and Lovely and go, I want to be involved in youth. Let me help. Let me serve. Let me do something. I want to dig deep. And I want to know that I know that I know what I know. (laughs) And not just think that I know what I know. But it's time to dig deep because when those storms come, it's amazing what then comes out of the midst of you. And it comes in the weirdest ways. I remember there was a time when Hannah was sent home from school they said she had a headache, she was in lots of tears and she had this pain down the side of her neck and she'd been sent home from school. So kind of got her home, put her on the sofa, see babies on the telly. She wasn't happy, she wasn't comfortable. I went through to the kitchen to get something and I'm thinking about her and suddenly thought, oh, stiff neck. That's one of the symptoms of meningitis, I think. Let me just Google Yep, stiff neck, spots, rash, temperature, headache, can't do the bright lights. And we know people that have had meningitis. We know somebody that very nearly died, and we also know somebody who had to have both their um, legs amputated as a result of meningitis. Okay, I'm going to check. Had a look at her. She had the headache, she had stiff neck, no spots, no temperature. But meningitis can change really quickly. It can come just very suddenly. So I knew I needed to check her. And this fear was just beginning to grip my my heart as I just thought, this could be it. This could be meningitis. This could be. And then I was like, hmm. But whether it's meningitis or not, my God's a healing God. And I grabbed my phone and I put Spotify on and I found a worship song that I loved at that time and I just stood in my kitchen and I worshipped my God because I didn't know how this story was going to unfold, but I knew my God is a healing God. And as I worshipped him and as I praised him, this peace that came just like a wave, in the same way that fear had come and really attacked all of my thinking, that peace came and just enveloped me in his peace. And in that moment, I was like, Beck, you have been so ridiculous, she's just got a stiff neck. (laughs) 
She was fine. She just had a stiff neck. I don't know what she'd done, but she just, you know, as you do, she just had a stiff neck. So we snuggled on the sofa and we watched CBBS. But seriously, I could have wasted a whole afternoon just constantly checking, checking. And it was the fear and it was the anxiety in me. And I know it's such a silly story, it's such a silly little storm that happened, but. I just want you to know these things are very real. There have been other situations that have been far more serious that have come, but I've done exactly the same thing. I've prayed. I've gone to the Word of God. I've obeyed the Word of God, and I've dug deep because it's that that gives us an unshakable foundation. This band would like to come up as I conclude. You know, we serve an amazing, amazing God, and He is unshakable. There is nothing in this world that you're ever going to face that He doesn't already know about. Remember, I said He knew when my boy was going to be born. He knows when your storm's going to come, He knows when your storm's going to pass. And he knows when you're going to be stronger as a result of that storm. In America, they built this biodome and they created it to be the perfect environment. They made sure the soil was right, they made sure the temperature was right, the moisture was right, and they planted these plants. They had everything, they had insects and birds and I don't know what else, but they created this biodome that was absolutely. Perfect. It had everything it needed to be for everything to thrive. They couldn't understand why things weren't thriving. They couldn't understand why these trees would get so tall and then they'd die. And they couldn't work it out. They suddenly realized there was no wind in that biodome because it's the storms that come that blow the trees that make their roots go deep. And that's what gives them their strength. The Bible says we should be like trees. We should be like trees planted by streams of living water that put down their roots so deep that we bring forth fruit in its season. I don't know what season you're in, but I know God's plan for your life is that you bear fruit. And if you're in the midst of a storm, or whether you're not, I know God wants you to put down deep roots. Deeper than you've ever gone before. You say, but Beck, like you, I've been a Christian for many, many years. Why well, so? No, my roots aren't deep enough. I need my roots to go deeper. I don't know my Bible well enough. I don't pray as intimately as I want to pray. I know my marriage to Gary. We um, we we understand each other better today than we did when we were ni- when I was 19, and you know we know each other better. I want to know God better. I want to know God more. So this morning, church, will you stand with me? Katie's going to lead us into a time of worship because I want to give you, I said, I want this to be practical. I'm going to give you an opportunity to press into God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to dig deep. I'm going to give you an opportunity to obey. I'm going to give you an opportunity to hear because what we're going to do now is we're going to just come to Him. We start with point one, whoever comes to him and the song Katie's going to lead us into has beautiful words and and that is our God 
is an unshakable God and His kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. And as we press into Him, we can have that unshakable foundation in our lives. Thank you, Katie. You call me out to wild waters. I'm not afraid with you. I'm not afraid with you. You are my strength, my defender. 